my name's Lex, for any of you who don't know me. Um, I am normally the student pastor, um, but as you can tell, there aren't many students around because we are on summer holidays. Um, so I'm still the student pastor over the holidays, but there's not really anyone around to look after. Um, I think this iPad's working, maybe. Um, yeah, my name's Lex, and I'm carrying on with our series um, called Infinite Playlist, um, which we have been doing for the last couple of weeks. Gosh, it feels weird. I can like roam around. Normally we have a stage and I'm not, we're normally confined to one space because there's cameras and stuff, but it's the summer. We can do whatever we want. I can go over here. I can go over here. Um, yes. Anyway, infinite playlist. Um, so this is a series that we normally do over the summer where we look at the book of Psalms. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know or hasn't been here the last couple of weeks, the Psalms is a book that is bang in the middle of the Bible. Um, and it is a collection of songs and poems um, with kind of like a variety of themes. So some of them are like songs of praise. Some of them are more like lament and crying out to God. Um, and some of them, like Philip shared last week, are a bit more of wisdom. Um, but actually, for me, something that sums up the book of Psalms um, if I had to pick one word to sum up the book of Psalms, I would pick the word human. Um, I think they show a really relatable um, experience of just being a human. Actually, there's kind of everything in there. It's everything that we experience. And it teaches us so much about what it means to be human, but also what it means for God to relate to us as humanity. Um, so... Yeah, the last couple of weeks we've had a variety of different psalms. People normally pick their favourite psalm and talk on that. Um, and we've had um, a few different topics. So we've looked at like having confidence in God. Philip last week shared about um, the blessing that comes from when we um, fall in love with scripture and we dive into scripture. Um, and we've kind of been looking at these more like happy topics. And so tonight I thought I'd only write that I bring the mood down. Um, yeah. No, just kidding. But um, yeah, tonight we are going to look at the kind of the more, the less fun side of humanity, I guess. Um, kind of that side that we actually all face, that all of us at some point in life, we run into times of hardship, of pain and struggling and suffering. And I guarantee for most of us here in the room tonight, actually, either you are facing a time that is probably a bit hard um, where you're feeling like you're struggling or maybe you know someone who's struggling, actually suffering is never far away from us. It's something that we all experience. Um, but luckily, the Bible doesn't shy away from it. Um, for me, as I've been writing this talk, I think I've kind of realised, actually, for me, the last couple of years have been quite tough. I think I hadn't quite realised how tough they've been, but actually, um, I've had all sorts of difficult situations where I've had um, really close friends who I feel like have hurt me and let me down. I've had tough situations going on with family and they, they kind of live back near London so I haven't been able to be there for them. Um, I've had all sorts and as well working for a church isn't the easiest thing in the world. It's a great job but it's not the easiest thing in the world. Um, so it's been quite hard and actually on top of all of that um, something that I've really been struggling with is um, period pains. Now I don't know if we've ever talked about periods in church before but actually I went to see the Barbie movie on Monday so I'm more hyped up on feminism you know and the lionesses today so we're going to talk about periods in church um, which is great. Um, but yeah I've really struggled with period pains actually they um, 
they're awful. I used to miss school when I was younger. I used to have days off school because the pain was so bad. When I was at uni, I used to spend nights curled up on the bathroom floor after like puking in the toilet and sometimes even passing out and sometimes even just experiencing really low mood beforehand. Um, and actually, even recently, I've had um, some awful times where one time me and Alan were in Asda um, just happily ordering our McDonald's and then suddenly out of nowhere, I just passed out on him. Apparently, loads of people thought that he'd knocked me out, um, which I still have no confirmation of, but he claims he didn't, so that's okay. Um, but yeah, I just passed out and then when I came back around, I was in all sorts of pain, so I got taken to A&E, um, but they couldn't find anything wrong with me. And then actually the following month off the back of that, I woke up in the middle of the night in literally the worst pain I've ever experienced in my life. And off the back of that kind of developed a bit of anxiety around having my period each month. It was like, oh, is this gonna be the same as last time? Am I gonna get caught passing out somewhere where actually my husband isn't with me this time? Or am I gonna be driving a car? And I don't know. And actually it's been really hard it's really horrible and actually it's something I still struggle with even last night it was something that was keeping me up um, so if I didn't make a load of sense today that's that's why um, but hopefully um, yeah it's going to be good um, but yeah as I said the bible doesn't shy away from this stuff the bible loves to dig into this stuff and it has a lot to say about it um, so the psalm that we're going to dig into today is psalm 22 and it has a lot to say about pain and suffering um, and yeah, for me, it's not my favorite psalm. I'd be lying if it was my favorite psalm because it's not a very happy one. So it would be a sad one to choose as my favorite psalm. But as I've dug into it this week, it is so beautiful. And it te taught me so much about the character of God. And I'm really excited to share that with you. Um, but two things quickly before we get into reading it, two bits of information that you need to know about this psalm. Um, firstly, some of the... Some of the Psalms are poems that have been written. Some of them are a bit more like journal entries where it's just like someone's like thoughts poured out on a page. But actually this one is a song. Um, it's a song that was written by David probably while he was going through a hard time, but it was written as a song. So it was crafted and it was written as a song that was to be sung by people collectively in the temple. So just as we've been singing songs here tonight, it's a song like that that's meant to be sung together as a group. Um, and the other thing to know is that it's split up into seven sections. So there's almost like seven verses to this song. So we're going to read through it and we'll kind of have a little break at each of those sections so we can see distinctly what those sections are. Um, but yeah, let's go for it. So Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. So it starts off quite heavy, right? And I don't know whether any of you actually at the moment you're feeling in that place of, actually, I'm really struggling. Maybe you, like me, have been struggling with poor physical health. Maybe there's something that's been causing you kind of chronic pain. Or maybe it's a bit more like you're struggling with your mental health and it's something that you've been fighting with for a while. Or maybe it's something that's a bit more emotional, something where you've been... Um, falling out with your family or falling out with friends or just difficult things going on at work. Maybe it's any of those things and maybe you feel like that right now. But actually that's quite a heavy start to a psalm, right? It starts like bang in there with complaint. But as we carry on, it says, 
Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. Right, so that's verse two. It gets a little bit more hopeful, right? He starts looking up at God and it gets a little, more, a little bit more hopeful. But then again, if we carry on, it says, But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. So it goes down a bit again, doesn't it? He's like, oh, I'm a worm. It's so dramatic. Like, I don't know what he's going through to be saying I'm a worm. Can you imagine singing that in church? Like, everyone, like, I am a worm. Like, a bit weird. But this is the length that the Bible goes into. It goes there. goes to the places of real despair. Um, so, yeah, verse 4, if we carry on, it says, Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth, I was cast on you. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. So again, maybe it becomes a little bit more hopeful. Then if we carry on, it says, Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help me. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions that tear their prey open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. And it carries on. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Honestly, that's what I felt like with those period pains. I was like, oh, this is as bad as it gets. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. Carry on. Um, yeah, so that's another section. Again, incredibly dramatic. Like, David is clearly experiencing something really hard and very raw and very real. But then the next section, it says, But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. So he finishes... Well, not quite finished, there's still one more verse. So this is verse six, and he goes into this kind of like plea to God. And then it does finish by saying this. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his faith from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him, those who cannot keep themselves alive. And it finishes like this. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. So it's quite a long one, and it's quite up and down, right? But it's a good one. But maybe for you, 
after I've just read that, you're thinking, oh, I thought this was going to be an encouraging talk on suffering and struggling. Actually, reading that, it's not all that encouraging, is it? At first thought, when we look at it, it's like this person who's clearly in despair. It's this song about someone who has been through ultimate struggling. And maybe it's not that encouraging. But actually, when we are going through life, actually, and when we're going through struggling, it's really easy to kind of turn inward on ourselves and look at the Bible through the lens of ourselves and kind of look at the Bible and think, oh, what can this teach me about my suffering? What is this saying to me? What is this saying about me? But actually, I was really challenged this week by God that God was like, the Bible isn't actually about you. It's my book. It's about me. And so often when we read it through the lens of ourselves, we miss out on so much. But actually, when we read it through the lens of God, asking the question, what does this teach me about God? When we ask that about God, the main character of this book, we get so much out of it. Um, So I actually ended up on Friday fully rewriting this talk because I'd written my whole talk based on the question of like, oh, what is this saying to me? What does this say about me? And actually, I came up with something and I said, I can't preach this. It's, it felt a bit empty. And I know for so many people, suffering is really deep and it's really real. And I thought, I can't stand up here and preach something that doesn't have any like oomph behind it. So I kind of rewrote this whole talk around the idea of, what does this actually teach me about God? And actually, I've had a really hard week whenever I preach the... Um, the process of putting it together does feel quite a lot like suffering. I struggle quite a lot with it. Um, But actually, God has been so kind to me this week, and he's taught me so many beautiful things through this psalm. So there's three things that God has taught me through this psalm. Um, Yeah, the first thing that God has taught me through this psalm is that he really cares about me in my suffering. Actually, the fact that this is in the Bible at all shows that it is important to God. Actually, it's not often that we get this kind of like outpouring outpouring of emotions um, in any kind of record of history. But actually, this book is the Bible. It's the book. It's a book that God kind of collated all of these things. He like picked out things specifically to be put in this book and to be made holy. And this is one of them. David's pain poured out on a page that he spent ages pouring his emotions and kind of crafting them into the song. God chose that to make it into his Bible. And for actually me, that is so encouraging because I spend a lot of time, when I'm really struggling, I spend a lot of time journaling. And I spend a lot of time kind of writing down my struggles and often quite a lot of time crying on those pages. But actually, for me, it's so encouraging that when I read this, it was like, actually, all of those like wibbly little pages of my journal where I've scrawled all sorts of different things, that is so precious to God. Like, this made it into the Bible. God wants to talk about our suffering. He wants to be there in it with us. The second thing that I feel like God has taught me about this is that God cares for me in my suffering. Um, Actually, if we get that first bit of this up, if we get the first verse of the psalm up, um, yeah, this bit. Maybe for you, as I started reading this, you were thinking, oh gosh, that's quite the intro to a psalm. Actually, and maybe even some of you are thinking, oh, 
you can't talk to God like that. That's God. You can't talk to God like that. You can't just go in shouting at him. Actually, this is quite like, quite bold of David to write a song for everyone to sing, saying, God, where are you? What are you doing? Where are you? And actually, there's so many places in the Bible where actually it tells us that so many about so many of the things written in here aren't actually true. So when it says, God, why have you forsaken me? Actually, there's a verse in the Bible that says, never will he leave us or never will he forsake us. And there's other bits where God says he's faithful to answer. He says he's our savior. And so maybe you're looking at this and you're saying, how can you, how can we say that to God? How can you, how can David say that to God? That's not a very respectful thing to do. But actually, again, the fact that this is the start of the psalm shows me that God really cares for me in my suffering. Actually, when I'm feeling really awful with my period pains in the middle of the night, um, I like to think, so this is my husband, Alan, down here, the one I passed out on in Asda. Um, and I like to think that we have a very nice and a very healthy relationship. Um, but actually, in the middle of the night, when I'm really struggling with my period pains, um, he might um, be like, oh, do you want me to get you a hot water bottle? And I'd be like, no! Or he'll be like, oh, I'll give you, I'll give you a hug. And I'm like, ah, get off, get off. Or, he'll, or I'm like feeling like I'm just about to be sick. I'm like, ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. And I'm not very nice to him in those moments. But actually in those moments, he's probably not thinking, oh gosh, she's being so rude. Or like, you could say please. Like, he's probably not thinking that because he knows what I'm saying is coming from a place of pain and he actually meets me in that place. And because he's my husband, there's not a protocol around how I have to talk to him, particularly when I'm struggling. And it's exactly the same with God. He's not saying, oh, whoa, whoa, I know you're struggling, but you can't talk to me like that. You can't talk to me, you can't come near me like that. God is saying, I care about you so much. Come to me with it all, everything, every single part of your suffering. I want you to bring it to me. I don't need you to filter it. Again, the fact that this is in the Bible shows that God is totally okay with it. He wants us to come to him with all of our questions and with all of our doubts and all of our anger against God. Actually, for me, there's so many times where I've thought, God, what the hell are you doing? Where are you? What is going on? In the kind of depths of my struggle, I've thought, God, what is going on? And actually, I can often feel so guilty about that. I can end up feeling, oh no, but I meant to be, I meant to know that God is always with me and I meant to know that he's always working. I can end up feeling really guilty about it. But that's not what this psalm says. The fact that this is in the Bible is God saying, it's okay. Come to me with everything that you're carrying. Come to me when your pain makes you see things, um, makes you see things differently. Come to me with everything that is in your heart, just pour it out to me as is. There is no protocol for approaching me when you're suffering. And actually, that's only really with people that we really care about, isn't it? People who really love us are the ones we can go to exactly as we are. And the third thing that God has taught me through this psalm is that he really cares about me in my suffering. Actually, yes, all of those are the same, um, but there's just different things that God has shown me through this psalm that show me that he cares about me. Um, 
And when I say he cares about me, this is stuff that he's taught me this week that is also true for you. Um, so yeah, thirdly, God really cares about us in our pain and suffering. Um, if we go to that last bit of the psalm, when it turns to praise, actually, God doesn't want to leave us as we are in our suffering. He doesn't want to leave us in that place of struggle. Actually, the psalm does finish with this amazing element of praise, which shows God has clearly come through for him. Um, and I think there's a bit in there which says, he's not, dis- he's not scorned or despised the suffering of the afflicted one. Actually, he's like, God has come through for me. Um, but actually, I think this psalm is a really honest reflection of how that comes about. Um, for me, I was really encouraged that this psalm, as we said at the beginning, is so up and down. Like, it's not a simple trajectory of we're suffering, we feel a bit better, we look up to God, we ask God to come through, and he comes through. Actually, it's so much more up and down than that. And that has been how my experience of it has been. Actually, I can be feeling super awful one minute, and then I can feel a bit more encouraged, and then I go back down to feeling awful, and then I feel a bit more encouraged. And actually, the fact that this was written as a song, it wasn't just like a journal entry, shows that actually this process of going from suffering to praise isn't kind of like an immediate one. Actually, David probably crafted this song over a little while. And so actually, it takes us a while to go from the kind of struggles to the place place of praise. But actually, God comes through because even in the Bible, David, who wrote this psalm, actually, we can see again and again in his life that God has come through for us. And people who care about us, they really want to help us get out of those times of suffering because they don't want to see us stay in those places. But actually, the end of this psalm, it doesn't actually say what God did. It says that God came through, and you can tell that David's tone has completely changed, but it doesn't say what God does. And actually, often, God always, always brings goodness out of our suffering, but it doesn't always look how we want it to. Um, so we need to, like, we need to keep our eyes open for that because it can, really, um, it can really hold us down and push us deeper into suffering if, we're, like, if we focus on that one thing of, oh, God, you let me down. Um, yeah, another quick story of um, a couple of years ago, you may remember when I was preaching, I talked about my aunt who passed away. Um, she had been fighting with cancer for a little while um, and she passed away leaving her husband and her two kids um, and me and Alan had really been praying for my aunt we'd really been praying God protect her save her heal her and actually he didn't and that can feel like God has really let you down but actually now looking back on that so much good has come out of it like um so yeah, my, uh, my uncle runs this um, antique business and my aunt used to do that with him. She used to handle all the finances and stuff. Um, and when she passed away, he um, got in a bit of a muddle with all of that. So my younger sister said, I'll come and help you. I'll come and volunteer some of my days and come and help you out. Um, and actually over the last few years, um, it's hilarious. They've like built this great friendship. They're honestly like best mates now. <laughs> they spend every birthday, every like 
Father's Day, whatever, they spend it all together um, and they have such a good time and they've now like opened up this little antique shop and they just have such a good time and it's like, it's such an example of, oh God, you've really bought something really beautiful out of that. It wasn't necessarily what I wanted, but you've bought something so good out of that. And for me, all of those things have really encouraged me this week of like, oh, when I'm struggling, God really cares about me. But sometimes it's really easy to forget that. And it's really easy to get stuck on that first bit of the psalm, just stuck in the like, God, why have you forsaken me? Why don't you care? And actually, hopefully what I've shared has encouraged you so far. But actually, if you need more proof, the real reason that I chose this psalm is because it gets even better. This psalm features a little bit later in the Bible and it is so beautiful. So for us as Christians, we believe um, that God made the world. He made the world perfect. He made it um, as it was meant to be without pain, without suffering us and him in right relationship together. But actually sin came into the world and it disrupted all of that. It broke the relationship between us and God. And it meant all this pain and suffering came into the world. And that is the world that we live in at the moment, that um, world that is still full of pain and suffering. But actually, God, as we know, is a God who cares about us, as I've said. And so he decided that he was not okay with that and he wanted to be in relationship with us. So he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on a cross for us, to pay the price for us so that we could live in right relationship with him again. And as a result of that, he defeated death and he defeated sin. And one day he will come back and he will restore everything again. But actually, that... That is the gospel. That is what we believe as Christians. But right in the middle of that, there is that little bit where Jesus is hanging on the cross. And we can read a, an account of that in the book of Mark. And it says this. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, the king of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, so you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, um, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And this is the bit where it gets really good. At three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Actually, in this moment, Jesus is in so much pain. He's got the weight of the world on him and he is being, going through the worst death that you could ever imagine. 
He's had nails driven through his hands. He's been whipped. He's been beaten. And he's been laughed at and mocked. And actually in this moment, Jesus doesn't choose to use his own words to describe the pain that he is going through. He decides to use these words of David. This song that has been sung by people who are going through suffering in the temple. He decides to use those words. Because in doing that, he's saying, I'm with you in your suffering. I'm in it with you. I can join in this song because I know how it feels. And that always absolutely blows my mind because I know for me and I know most of humanity, we do everything we can to avoid pain. We do absolutely everything we can. And Jesus, God, would be well within his right to say, I'm staying out of it. Actually, he could have saved us a completely different way. God is surely the one person who can remain free of pain, should he choose to. But actually, he didn't choose to. He loves us that much that he was saying, I want to come and sit with you in that pain because I want to know how it feels. I want to be there with you in that. How amazing is that? That we have a saviour who would come and carry the weight of the world and feel every single burden because he loves us. And actually, even more than that, maybe while we were reading this passage in Mark, maybe you noticed a few little um, kind of hints of Psalms um, 22 in there. Actually, there's um, lots of little echoes where, like, the bit where he's talking about, um, they divided up my clothes, or in the psalm it says, they pierced my hands and my feet. Um, They mocked me, they laughed at me. They asked me if God was going to come and save me. And actually, as David was writing this song, pouring out his heart over a thousand years before Jesus died on the cross, it's as if God was there with him saying, don't worry, I've got a plan. It's already in motion. Actually, we're part of this bigger story where Jesus has already died on the cross for us. Death and sin are defeated, and so we are living on the other side of that cross where we are just waiting for Jesus to come back and to end our suffering forever. That is a God who loves us, who's saying, for now I'm going to come and be with you in your pain. But actually, I'm not satisfied with that. I'm going to end it forever. And for me, this has been so encouraging. That actually, when I'm going through pain and hardship, actually, just to know that Jesus cares about me so much, that he has experienced all my pain with me, I can go to him who understands me. But actually, to know that this isn't forever. Jesus has got the master plan, it's already in action to end all of this forever. So actually, just to finish, 
there's just a couple of things that I thought are really helpful little takeaways. Um, as I said, from the Psalms, there are definitely things that we can learn about ourselves and there are things that, um, yeah, we can do our part to play in this. But actually the backdrop to all of this is that God cares about you in your suffering. Actually, it's exactly what Jo said as she was leading, leading worship. God sees you in it. He sees you in it and he cares. So just a couple of quick things that we can do um, that this psalm teaches us that we can do in our suffering. The first one is to be honest with God. Actually, maybe that's something that you've never tried before. Maybe you always thought that you need to like pray nicely, like, oh God, maybe this is your plan and your purpose, but would you please help me? Actually, this psalm teaches us that we can be raw with God. We can bring our everything to God exactly as we are. Um, and the best part about that is that we can do that knowing that he cares about us. Secondly is we need to remind ourselves of his character. Actually, the psalmist does that twice in the psalm, verse 2 and verse 4. We said those bits where it gets a little bit more hopeful. Actually, is the psalmist reminding themselves of who God is. And the whole Bible is full of it. We just need to remind ourselves that God does care about us. He is faithful. He's come, for, come through before and he will come through again. Thirdly, we need to ask for his help. Actually, so often we don't do that bit. So often we can just be mad at God and not actually ask him to intervene. But this psalm says, do it. Ask him to come in. Ask him to help you in this situation right now. And as I said, it may well not be exactly the way you want him to come through. But we can ask him to come through. And finally, and I think for me this is the most important one, is that we need to do it with other people. This whole psalm is a song that was sung together in the temple. Our society tells us that suffering is something that we need to do on our own in the corner. But actually this psalm is saying, no, we need to bring it into community, particularly into the Christian community, and walk alongside others who are suffering and walk with others when we are suffering. So actually for all of those, they're not steps to do because actually when we're suffering, actually sometimes we can hardly even get out of bed, let alone thinking about, oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing this. Actually, these are just little pointers if you want somewhere to kind of get started with coming to God with it. But actually the most important thing to remember about when we're suffering is that God cares about you in your suffering. He sees you in your suffering and he's with you in your suffering. So we're just going to take a bit of time to respond. Actually, I know a lot of us, maybe there's stuff that's really real that's going on right now. And we're going to take a bit of time to pray, but I think there's particularly three groups of people that I want to pray for. The first group of people is people that you just need God to help you, remind you that God loves you. Actually, God 
loving us isn't something that we need to like drum up within ourselves. We don't have to keep reminding ourselves. Actually, God loves to remind us. So anyone who needs a fresh reminder that God loves you, we'd love to pray for you tonight. Um, yeah, and yeah, I think it's probably just those two groups of people. Firstly, if you need a reminder that God loves you. But secondly, if you're going through something, actually, we want to be able to stand with you as community. If you're going through something or you know someone who is going through something, we want to be able to stand with you as community and be able to sing that song with you of, God, where are you? We know you're faithful, but where are you? And then so hopefully we can get to that place of praise with you. But yeah, let's just pray quickly. Yeah, God, we thank you so much for your word, for your word that brings so much encouragement, even when life is tough. Lord, thank you that you love us, that we are your beloved children. that you want to be with us in our suffering. You want to walk every single step of it with us. So Lord, I pray right now that you would help us to bring our struggles to you, whether that is something that we're going through right now or something that one of our family members is going through or one of our friends is going through or someone that we know is going through. Lord, would you help us to bring it to you right now in that full knowledge that you love and care us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be honest. Yeah, God, thank you that you are so faithful in all of that. And I pray that for every single situation that we're facing right now, Lord, I pray that one day we'd be able to come back and share with each other how you have turned our despair into praise. Lord God, we ask you to come and meet with us right now. Lord, anything that needs to be released any struggles and suffering that has just been pushed down and that has not, um, yeah, has maybe not been dealt with, that's, trying, that's been ignored. I know it's so easy to try and ignore our suffering sometimes. But Lord, any suffering and any emotions that need to come out, Lord, I pray that you would, yeah, that you would bring them out now. This is a safe space. So yeah, Lord, will you come and meet with us right now?